Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 83rd episode of the All Great Key Disruptor podcast with your host, Bennett Leon. And of course, we have the lovely Ashley down with us as well. Hey, everybody. All right, you guys, we have another amazing episode for you. Ashley, so what are we going to talk about today? All right, so we are going to talk about uh, the progressive wins from last night. And um, we're going to specifically show a video of Jamal Bowman um, talking about his, I think this is actually his winning speech. His victory speech. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, his victory speech. And then kind of go into what is ahead for these progressives that just won. Um, Absolutely. So in a nutshell. (laughs) And their obstacles that they might face, because as we all know, there's a lot of shit that goes on when you get into power in Congress. So... Let's just jump into the video. Uh, for, uh, not the video first, my bad. Let's go talk about the list of people uh, that won yeah. and uh, talk about the big progressive win for uh, for our Senate party for the left. So let's go ahead and go over here. So uh, let's go to this list down here and. <clears throat> All right, so there are some bigger, more profile, uh, higher profile um, wins that went on yesterday. Uh, Jamal Bowman of New York had a 25 point lead over House uh, Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Elliot Engel, um, another Democrat, the incumbent uh, of that seat in New York. Um, and this was a really, really, really important one. I'm just going to stop at this one really quick just to highlight the fact that like this was really uh, an instance of the establishment versus uh, the progressive or the left wing of the party. Uh, literally uh, endorsed by Bernie Sanders, like Jamal Bowen was endorsed by Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, et cetera, et cetera, AOC, and um, Ellie Engel, Hillary Clinton, um, uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, Andrew Cuomo, like uh, you name it from the establishment, they were uh, backing him as well. So I'm so happy to see that, that progressive one here. Uh, also that, down the list, we have Charles Booker, um, who was who was trailing Amy McGrath. He didn't win uh, necessarily, but... He came very close, which yes. is a big thing for a progressive candidate. And I feel like this was especially because it was Democrat. It was also kind of sad to see because we saw in poll after poll that came out in Kentucky um, that him, that he, Charles Booker, the progressive candidate in the race between uh, Booker and Amy McGrath in the Democratic primary, he Booker was going to do much better against uh, Mitch McConnell in the general election for that Senate seat. Uh, than Amy McGrath would, because apparently they've tried this over and over and over again uh, during the establishment uh, centrist candidates at Mitch McConnell, and he just eats them up. Uh, so <laughs> he came very close. Charles Booker came very close this time to uh, to getting that nomination uh, on the Democratic side, but uh, fell short. But we have some really happy news for you guys as well, uh, for those AOC lovers. And also not surprising, let's be honest. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she had an amazing funding, amazing funding haul. I believe she had like $40 million. And her closest like uh, competitor 
uh, which was like some like TV anchor or some shit only got like four million uh, dollars worth of funding. So like or eight million or something like that. Not too much, but AOC. She's still strong, yeah. of course. She's, al- she's also been out there marching and actually getting pe- the voters engaged as well all the way up to, the, to this day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Clearly paid off. Mm-hmm. And then we also have another progressive win uh, in Mondaire Jones. Um, and uh, we have also Richie Torres along with Mondaire Jones and Tina Balter. They all built up their double-digit leads in their primary races in New York. Um, And Jones and Torres, very specially, I want to highlight this, are looking to become the first openly gay Black men ever elected to Congress. So I thought that was really interesting as well. But we have a lot of progressive wins, which is the point here, and uh, something that should be noted. Uh, Anything you want to take away from after going off this list? Um, No. I mean, I'm excited about the progressive wins for sure. Um, I'm hopeful, but not as optimistic. We'll get to that later. (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, I think this is a great place to jump into the next video uh, or the first video that we have for you guys, first and only, of Jamal Bowman in his victory speech um, following his win uh, for the primary against Elliot Engel. So let's go ahead to see um, hear what he has to say because I was really excited to hear uh, him say this and uh, the stuff he says is like very direct, very like meta uh, in his thinking and like the way that he perceives the world and the, the systems that uh, function in its current state. So I think it was very interesting and I think it's going to be really interesting to have him in power uh, to see how he, he kind of responds to the system. But let's go ahead and play. In America, you get to learn about death and homicide and suicide and how it impacts not just you individually but your community and the rest of the country and it was these experiences that led me to being an educator in the first place and i served in that role as an educator with pride and passion and dignity and tried my best to do everything i could to uplift the lives of every child that i taught and every child that i served and to do everything i could to make sure families had what they needed and that they understood and leveraged the power of their voices. Unfortunately, as we all know, we live in a country where despite our financial wealth, we have tens of millions of children still living in poverty. And as an educator working for the Department of Education for 20 years, I've seen the impact of poverty on the lives of our kids each and every day. And poverty is not a result of children and families who don't work hard. Our children and families work as hard as anyone else. Poverty is by political design and it's rooted in a system that has been fractured and corrupt and rotten from its core, from the inception of America, especially over the last several decades. So poverty and the impact of poverty on our children and dealing with issues of institutional racism and sexism and classism and xenophobia and everything that keeps the majority of us oppressed is what we designed this campaign to fight against. So tonight as we celebrate, we don't just celebrate me as an individual, we celebrate this movement, a movement designed to push back against a system 
that's literally killing us. It's killing black and brown bodies disproportionately, but it's killing all of us. It's killing us mentally, psychologically, and spiritually. It's forcing us to live in a country and in a world where so many people are hopeless and have lost faith, not just in a political system, but in each other. But our movement is designed to restore that faith, to restore that hope, to bring back the belief in what is possible. So I'm going to stop it there. Uh, but he basically goes on to say like uh, how his campaign like and give thanks to the people that contributed to his campaign and whatnot. Um, and what it stands for, but I, I kind of want to just talk about everything that he just mentioned and like talking about like the systematic um, like oppression that happens um, from the top down, right? And um, I think it's really important to know that poverty is by design. It's by systematic design, like with in our economic system you know like this is one of the things that we choose to have uh, when we choose when we opt into uh, capitalism at large um, this on top of many other issues now we have some type of like uh, we have an oligarchy um, forming as well uh, within mm -hmm. our democratic system uh, so <laughs> like that should be known um, and it's more people should talk about it in power, uh, but they just don't, you know? Uh, but that's just something that I really thought that should be highlighted is that like, you are suffering in the way you're feeling and the stress that you're under because of your job or losing your job or uh, this, what's going on right now with like coronavirus or whatever, like it, it's all by design. Like mm -hmm. that's the way the system is supposed to work. Like, but that should mean to you and it should click in your head that like the system therefore is fucked, you know? So maybe we should seek another solution or uh, maybe not a whole nother system, maybe some other flaw or fix it, bandage, whatever the fuck you want to do, but do something to fix the system, you know? So yeah. Your thoughts on that? You know, I really like, I, I like that you pointed that specific part out about what he said at the beginning of his speech, because a lot of people, um, I took a whole class on poverty policy is what it was called. Um, and one of the, the, the main things that we discussed was this misconception that people have that poor people make poor choices. And that's why they're poor. Um, and that's just not the case, you know, and that was the whole point of the class poverty policy. It's that policies are put in place that have made people, um, made it harder for people to, to climb the ladder, but have also made it hard for people just to get out of poverty in general. It's just a generational thing. Um, and when you do get out of poverty, you can maybe be one out of your whole family um, that does get out. And it's just, it's, it's something that is so obviously systematic. And I'm glad that now there's going to be another person, hopefully, in Congress that sees that because there is this big misconception that people who are poor are poor because they made themselves that way. They made bad decisions. 
Yeah, and to an extent, it is true. Like, you know, like, you're, you are responsible for your own actions. Like, that's not to say, like, the government is completely responsible for, like, all your oh, doing and whatnot. Like, this is not an excuse for the people that are just, that actually are lazy, that are, uh, that are suffering because of their own doing or whatnot. Uh, that's not for them. Like, this is for the people that are negatively affected, that are doing everything right. These are the, for the people, the single mothers that are working mm-hmm. two or three jobs, uh, to hold up the system, the people that are working 40 hours a week and still not making a, a living wage. Um, or people who are living off the government because they can't afford to not, because if you live, because of you, they need their Medicaid, they need their Medicare. Um, I, I personally have met a lot of people who, who choose to not work that much because the, 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 the amount of money that would come out of their paycheck to pay their insurance, their health insurance, they would not be able to afford living without that 30 or 40 extra dollars per paycheck. And some, to, to some people that might seem really minuscule, but 30 or $40 is groceries for us, you know? And when you think about that, it makes sense why they want to not have a full-time job, why they want to be able to get Medicare. And that's sad. That's sad. When we don't have a federal minimum wage that allows people to live a livable minimum wage. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad a lot of people are like looking for like other answers and look, looking to other systems for solutions, looking to other countries and other examples to see who can do it better, who has done it better. Um, I know a lot of people are turning to socialism right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of people are turning to like um, libertarianism as well. Like uh, interesting um, phenomenon that's going on. But a lot of people go into the third party, green party as well. Uh, Like you name it, they're kind of flocking to it because they just Mm -hmm. see the whole system kind of crumbling and everything like coronavirus has just really exposed the ugliness of like, uh, the United States and like our structural, like uh, how we oppress like our own people um, and how we keep them in poverty um, using well, our and, system as well. Yeah. And that's what I really, I really like the fact that Jamal has been an educator because you see so many, di- my mom is a teacher. She's still an educator right now. And um, what you see, the experiences that you learn about from your students, um, you have, you work with so many different people, such a diverse population. Um, And I think that that's really awesome that he is a former educator that's going to be in Congress, because I think that there's a lot that he could bring to the table, knowing all these different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Also, and in New York. The school to prison pipeline that is something very specific yes. to the education system you know yes um like that's where it starts uh mm-hmm. in particular with impoverished exactly. students mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's really important to mention as well but i want to kind of like uh pivot back to the elections and uh whatnot and yeah uh, the uh, obstacles that uh, a lot of these freshman congressmen are gonna probably face uh if they are elected into office um now, what we talk about when the, we mentioned their obstacles is there are obstacles within their own party, you know, like obstacles that we saw with Bernie Sanders when he was running, obviously that we all saw like the DNC. So we have the DNC as like uh, an obstacle we have. If uh, since they're running in the, uh, since they're going to be in the house, uh, they're also going to be work, have to work with uh, Nancy Pelosi. 
us. I wish we had one of those like fiery backgrounds where we could put our face. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they got to work with Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer. Um, they're gonna have, we're gonna throw them into the literally the fucking lion's den, right? Uh, to work with all these people. Uh, but yeah, the hope is to throw enough progressives into office and put enough uh, left wingers into office, or re at least reasonable fucking thinking human beings. Not even left if they don't if they don't have to be or whatever. But hopefully, sure, uh, all the left people into office, and um, or all the progressives into office, mm. and um, seeing what we can do that way. Um, as we know, that of course, like we mentioned, they're going to face all these different challenges from the establishment, right? Um, but we have seen good movements in a really progressive direction when it comes to legislation uh, in this year. I don't know if you've noticed it as well. A lot of the legislation has become a lot better, but at the same time, it did steal that legislation under Pelosi did steal like fucking like, uh, what was it? They gave away $6 trillion in the CARES Act or whatever. Um, and they yeah, I don't know how progressive what you're talking about. Progressive. <laughs> like, I don't been, see that at the all. The most progressive it's ever been was my point. Uh, I think maybe other than like FDR times, uh, progressive, you know, like New Deal progressive is something. And isn't that nuts? Now, but yeah. <laughs> We're in 2020. Yeah, it's literally crazy, but that's not that's no mistake as well, you know, that's also by design. Mm -hmm. That's also because the two-party system holds a grip on our election system, and they literally have—they literally own the commission uh, for the debates. So they command who uh, gets to go on and gets exposed to the American people and gets all that exposure, which is how a lot of the third third-party candidates get the exposure enough to win uh, those elections is because of those debates, those national debates with all those people. And yeah. Won't, won't let that How democratic. Exactly. You know. How that's, democratic. That's the whole point of the thing, you know. So. Uh, I like that you mentioned though about the what about Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the list goes on. Right before we started recording, I was talking about how I just don't. I'm I'm excited. I'm happy. You know that these progressives won primaries let's just be reminded, not trying to be pessimistic, but they still need to make it to Congress. Um, however, even if they get there, I mean, like AOC, she's there. Rashid Tlaib, she's there. I mean, we have progressives in Congress right now. And we're one, almost 100% positive that um, AOC voted against our interests in the first, um, <laughs> you know? like, And then all of a sudden she wanted the vote to be transparent you know, when she was going to vote for um, her, her congressional district. Yeah. Um, I think that there are a lot of obstacles with the current establishment Democrats, aka pretty much all the Democrats right now. Um, enough so that progressives aren't going to be able to get much done. But I hope that maybe like power in numbers and more people um, we'll vote progressive and we'll see more primaries with progressives winning and maybe progressives can win the house instead of Democrats. Um, do I see that happening this time around? I don't. Um, but 
I can be hopeful. I'm, I like to be optimistic. Do I see it even happening like soon-ish, progressives like taking over the Democratic Party? Not really. I think that progressives have a better chance making their own party and going at it from a different angle versus just running with the Democrats. You, you know what I think is a really interesting statistic? It's like 40% um, of the people under 30 think that socialism isn't as bad as like, uh, are they open to the idea, are they favorable, I believe, yeah. They are favorable to the idea of socialism. Now, with that in mind so though, yeah, go ahead. I think that people, okay, I know that people are very afraid of that word. They hear socialism and they're like, commies, you know? <laughs> um, so I don't know if I would necessarily like name it the socialist party, but like, what about the people's party? I like that idea, you know, um, or I don't know, the progressive people's party. If it party, takes a rebranding campaign to do it in America, so be it. Um, but the principles are the same, you know, like these are Marxist ideas, like, you know, like, it's yeah. going to be the same thing no matter what you call it. Um, but a lot of the people are favorable to it. And that's because a lot of us haven't been exposed to a lot of the red baiting that our, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of the people like our parents and grandparents or whatever were exposed to uh, back in the day in like the 50s with McCarthyism and like that whole era that went on there too. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, no. Um, I think that also kind of plays into the fact that like how progressive or how progressive the new generation is um we're also yeah. the most accepting generation ever like with like lgbt like rights and stuff mm -hmm. uh, so i mean that's also like i mean it just plays into the fact that, like where uh the future is shaping up to be bright um and the more and more uh as the years progress i think that the country's gonna get better but i don't know if it's gonna get better fast enough to where we can actually make like and save the country because like that time is honestly like oh that's right around super that. depressing <laughs> um i'm just being real i've always been i always try to tell the truth or what i think or whatnot but um do you think really do you like think right now do you think progressives have a chance so like these progressives that have been voted in or you know one primary is hopefully going to win win uh, in November. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they have a good chance of making headway in Congress? Or do you think that they would have a better chance building their own party and going at it from a different angle? Um, I think they would have more legislative success if they played within the system of the Democratic Party. Uh, really? Yes. I think that if they made deals like AOC does, even though she's like a progressive or whatever, she is well-liked. She calls uh, Nancy Pelosi mama bear, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I believe if they worked within the system, they would get more legislative, like things with their name on it done uh, by getting to work with them. Um, but um, of course with concessions, you know, like uh, concessions to those people. They're mm -hmm. not gonna be like, the, whatever they would get if they were just like pure, like themselves just ready for legislation. But if they chose to do it from the outside, I think that they could hold on to their credibility. I think they could uh, hold on to their integrity. I think that people would support them eventually long-term. Um, but going that route also, you don't get a lot of support. A lot of the people also don't support like 
Bernie Sanders, that he gets a lot of hate from the Democratic voters uh, all the time. And I've seen this for every election cycle that he's participated in for the presidential election. Uh, and they always say that he's, oh, he's not really a Democrat. Like, why are you, he's even like running on our, our ticket or whatever. Like, who gives a fuck what he is? But I mean, like, whatever. Um, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and it's also true that if he would have went, if he would have gone third party, there's a very good chance he would have won the election in November. But that was also a strategic decision by him, you know? Exactly. And what happened? He lost. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Um, Which is why I almost kind of think that it would be better for these progressive candidates to take a different angle. Um, but I mean, I see what you're saying about working within the party. Like, would people even know who they were if they didn't run on the Democratic ticket? Um, yeah. Like, yeah, like... Um, but I think, honestly, I, I love AOC, but she has, to me, she has lost some integrity. She has given, she's given concessions. Hey, you've talked shit about AOC on here before. I mean, she... You know, and I think that they could be more authentic to who they are and their ideologies if they look at, look at Bernie. Bernie sold out at the end. Bernie fucking sold out, dude. Yeah, you're right. Um, so it's like, I don't know. Part of me wonders if it's just going to be either you have to sell out or you're going to be assassinated if you try to do anything as a progressive in the democratic party. Yeah. Or you do what, like, so like, this is, I think what's really interesting that we're going to bring this up. Uh, I was going to, I was maybe thinking about doing that whole ep other episode for this. Um, but um, it's really interesting to kind of compare like what happens in an oligarchy. Um, so like, Earlier in one of our other episodes, I think I mentioned something about like uh, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, which is the president of Mexico, right? He was elected in 2018 um, as a progressive, right? Uh, he founded his own party called Morena in Mexico after working within the other parties and realizing that he couldn't make it and they mm -hmm. him or whatever kept pressing him. So uh, he made his own party. He won. His party took over the, the like, Congress and the presidency. Uh, he promised to uh, reform the country um, and like end corruption and poverty, like all this type of like great stuff, right? Um, and I was reading yesterday um, from an inter uh, an article from the uh, from the Gray Zone, which, if you don't know it, uh, is uh, the editor is Max Blumenthal, which is a highly credible uh, journalist in in the field. Um, but he the article was basically about uh, how the oligarchs in Mexico, along with like um, the media, along with uh, influencers and uh, other businessmen, political parties, they're all uniting together to work against uh, the president of Mexico uh, to topple him and to start a coup uh, against the president. That's what we that's what happens in uh in a system like that when you win you know like that could have happened here with bernie sanders and it probably would have happened if you know like couldn't it, it's so easy for me to imagine uh like the political parties working against him trying to topple him as a president 
working against like everything he's doing, even as a progressive Democrat or whatever, you know, uh, it's easy for me to see the media talking shit about him as a president, uh, especially Fox News laying it on Bernie every day. I could totally see that shit, you know, like it's, it's yeah. really interesting to think about that uh, to see what the opposite end of it looks mm -hmm. like you actually win. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see a lot of uproar about Bernie being president. But I've also, I also think that there were a lot of people who, and we've talked about this before, people who voted for Trump who would have voted for Bernie, um, and people who aren't going to vote at all in November because they wanted to vote for Bernie. Um, so I think that there are a lot of people in this country that support Bernie enough so that it would outweigh the people who don't like Bernie. And I think that would have shown if he was elected because <laughs> he would have by far gotten the popular vote. I truly believe that. I truly believe the majority of people in this country wanted Bernie to be president. Um, but we've also seen before with like very, very um, influential, um, liked presidents also having a lot of backlash once they are elected. Um, FDR being one of them too. Um, and so I, I can see what you're saying. I can totally see what you're saying. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I wouldn't say like an entire coup would happen in the United States necessarily, but I think it would be more low key. I think what it would look like here would be more like working with the media, um, trying to get the public support against, uh, the president. Um, I think it would be more like we're not going to let anything like, pass at all. <laughs> like CIA type shit. Of course, that's a given. That's a given, you know, like that's for sure going to happen with uh, any progressive president. Like that's happening. That's happening with progressive legislation. Like, over. yeah, I mean, that that's for sure. Like out of the window, you know, like legislation, you're not getting shit done. Yeah. Which then, which at the same time, it just makes it. I don't know. Then it, it makes you wonder, like, is it such a bad thing that we didn't end up with Bernie? Because would anything of it happened anyways? Um, By executive order, you, you could, you know, like uh, the president is very powerful, you know, too. At the same I know, but I kind of, I kind of go back and, and forth with the executive. And, and the Supreme Court. Pitch. Supreme Court. That's a big deal. Yeah, you know, that's so for sure. President is very powerful. Hey, but our conservative court has been surprising us lately. So who knows? Yeah, they have a DACA and LGBTQ rights and stuff. Dope. Yeah, for killing sure. it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's for another episode. So once again, guys, thank you so much for listening and tuning into this episode. If you're watching as well, uh, please follow us on our social media if you haven't done so already. We are, uh, where are we on uh, Facebook? I mean, my bad. Where are we on? Everywhere. <laughs> um, so we are on Facebook. We are on, oh yeah, you just said that. Um, Facebook, we're at Instagram. We are on YouTube. We are on every single podcast platform, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, I don't even know all of them, but I think there's like six total that <laughs> we're on. Eight. Oh my goodness. Um, that's a lot. Uh, and then every other in uh, Twitter, I didn't mention Twitter. We're also on that. We have a website on WordPress. You can just Google WordPress, the oligarchy disruptor. Um, and we write articles there. We post um, lots of different stuff. So go on there. You can also listen to us on the website as well. Absolutely. Lots of fun stuff. 
okay yeah definitely check us out there and of course we have i'm sure you haven't seen all of our videos if you have super thumbs up thank you guys so much for that uh, <laughs> but, um, uh yeah there's a multitude of videos that we are up to 83 with this video so um i'm asking and catching up to you joe rogan we're not quite up to 2500 <laughs> videos quite yet but we are on our way over there so we're trucking we're trucking along so once again thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode thanks guys bye guys but